guess we'll start at formal. Turn in your Bibles to John 14. What I'm realizing is um, one of the things, how many... How many know sometimes it's a struggle to connect with the Lord sometimes? Sometimes it's just a, a fight for all of us to connect with Jesus. And um, the Lord is wanting us. I just want to really talk to you about knowing him today. Is that all right? should be every week, right? should be the theme every week. But I really just feel like when... The worst thing that can happen to any of us is we show up to church and not just, there's no desire. There's just no, and I've gone through seasons. <laughs> Say, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that's up here. Sometimes I come and I just can't, you know, it's like, we're doing it again. How many God doesn't want us to have a, a do it again mindset? The, the Lord is trying to um, work in us a, a mindset that we just listen, we thrive in the house of God. We just love to be with the Lord. We love his presence. And, and I, I truly believe that we're, um, even tonight, I feel like God kind of shifted something in the atmosphere. And uh, if you can't discern that, I'm, I'm telling you, God shifted something. So just pull it out of the atmosphere tonight because I know that he, he broke things over people's lives tonight. And uh, it's not just, you know, we're stirring things up so, you know, get you hyped up and get you trying to think in faith and all that. I truly believe that something happens in the atmosphere, the anointing, the worship, in the presence as we preach the word, as the word of the Lord comes forth, things begin to happen and we will, we will be changed into his likeness and his image. And so I, I really, you know... Psalms 103, verse 7, said Moses, knew God's ways, but the children of Israel knew his acts. And there's something about us learning God's ways, what he wants to do, um, that's so important. And uh, as I was, I was Taking a bite out of John 14, <laughs> and I was going to preach like 12 verses, but then I ended up honing in on like five, verse five and six. And I, because I feel like there's such an expansion of what the Lord wants to release, even in, in John 14, uh, but I've been, actually I was listening to some of Mike Bickle's stuff, and he, he got held, held to a a standstill, and he's talking about preaching out of John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 for the next 12 months, maybe longer. How many think it might be important? Because when I know that a guy that's been running a house of prayer for how many, it's like 20 years now, right? 21 years or, right, since 1999, I think. And uh, if, if he's going to stop and say, hmm, this might be important in this time. And, and I realize that 
the Holy Spirit speaks through this because it's right before. This is like the last things that Jesus said. And I'm always partial to the book of John because John's kind of the mystic. You know, John's the, the one that is really mystical. He sees him as, he sees the Lord in so, such a peculiar way other than the other gospels. He sees him in, in a amazing, he sees the Lord in an amazing way. And, and I realize that these last few chapters here are, are crazy because it's, it's right when he's about to go to the cross. It's, this is all the talk that he had before he was going to the cross. This is what he was speaking on. And so I think we need to pay attention to these moments in, that we have in Scripture because really they're only moments. You're only getting like a snapshot of what God wants to speak. So I'm going to read a few verses here, and I just want the Lord. We want to know his ways and not his acts. Can I tell you that as we look to who he is and we see how he deals with us, how many know we want to know? You, you want to be so close to Jesus that you know him in such a way that you know what he wants from you at every given moment. And you can be that close to the Lord. See, what I'm understanding is I sometimes we, and I, and I mentioned this to, to someone yesterday, but sometimes we're, we're hearing the Lord, but we don't know the Lord. And we're hearing what he's saying, but we're not really knowing what he's saying. And then, there we, therefore, we can't really walk out the things that he's speaking to us because we don't really know the process. And we don't know how he's speaking and, and relating to us because we really don't know his language. Okay? So I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey with me and just bear with me. Uh, we'll start in, ver in verse 1, chapter 14. And I love this. He starts us right in. Let, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, that you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to keep going a little bit. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know me and have seen me. And then Philip, I love this. He just gets finished rebuking Peter, saying, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Then Thomas comes up with, you know, we don't know where you're going. And then Nathaniel now is saying, or, or Philip is saying, let it, Lord, just sh let us, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, yet you, you have not known me, Philip. And he has seen me. It's, excuse me, he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And so how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak to you not on my own authority, but the Father who dwells 
in me does the work. And then it goes on, we can go in further, but th that's gonna take us to a whole nother place that I don't wanna be. So let's just, let's just look at this because I, I realize that God is trying, the Lord is actually trying to unravel some things for the, the disciples in these moments, ready? How many are disciples in this room? How many are learning? You, really, all you are, you say, God, I want to learn. And that's what the, the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. He wants to begin to teach you himself. So I just want you to, to see because we, we get a great picture of what the Trinity looks like just from these few, few chapters. I know it's all throughout uh, the Bible. We can, we can lock it down and see, you know, the different tenses and the, the Spirit speaking, the Son speaking, all these things. But the reality is through right, right in these few chapters, we get introduced to the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is in your life, who the Son is, and that the Son is one with the Father. So it's really, you don't see the word Trinity in the whole Bible. How many know that? but we believe in a triune God. And so there's something that the Lord is trying to show us. He says when you, what, he talks about a place, many dwelling places. He talks about going to a place. And let me tell you, at any given moment, you can meet with the Lord in these dwelling places. Because God wants you to be in this place, in this fellowship with him that is undeniable, uh, unquenchable, unshakable, and all these things that because the Lord is trying to break us into a, a perspective that we don't come here even. Ready? You, you go to your prayer closet. Things are not dull. You, become, you begin to have life and life more abundantly in the Spirit because God is trying to open us up to the new things that he wants us, us to understand and, and know. And so the dwelling places is the abode. That's where God, God dwells. And, you know, we have an open, you know, John said there's an open door here to come up. Revelation chapter 4. It's an open door. So God is, we have an open invitation to live with the Lord, to abide with the Lord. How many know in his house we abide with him? We live with him. And you have become the dwelling place of God. Just as Jesus became the dwelling place of the Spirit of God, of the Father, it says that I and the Father are one. Guess what God's trying to get us to do? Become part of the Trinity. That's not heresy. It's truth. The Lord is trying to get us to become and have part of the, the Trinity, the, the Father. He wants us to dwell with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there is, there, this is where all the mysteries, we get, we get all mystical about it. But it's really, God's really going to cut it down for us today because I know there's a, a place. He calls, ready, these three things. I, really, on, honestly, I couldn't get past, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you just expand that, and we will today, I just feel like there are things that the Lord is wanting us to know the way. What does the way of God look like? And that's why I said when, he, when he, he spoke, we see this with Moses. We see he opens up to Moses. And even in, in Exodus 33, remember that. Go ahead, you can turn there, but you really don't have to. I'm just going to, I'm not even going to read it. The idea was this, that God was about to, he's, he's, in, he's inviting them to go into the promise. How many want to go into the promise in their life? Yes, yes, four people. I want, I want you to go into the promise, and the promise, it only comes through abiding. 
The promise only comes when I go to the Lord and, and he opens up this place and Moses is saying, listen, we're, we're getting out of here and you got to be with us. And the Lord, you know, the Lord says, well, I'll send my angel. And, G and Moses is like, no, that's not cutting it. I want you. And, and, my, and these people want you. And, and they really, they need you. And I need you. And, and so I want you to see, because the Old Testament gives us this beautiful picture of the Lord. Because it says he's gracious to those he's gracious to. And he's good. The goodness of God is revealed in this place where he reveals the glory as, as Moses is asking, we want to, you know, we want to do the same thing. We want to ask the Lord, God, what does the glory look like? What is the glory of God reflecting off of my life? It was funny last week, and the girls out here, but I prayed for two, two of the ladies, and then I, my hands were like covered with gold. I'm like, what is happening around here? And it, they had gold stuff on their hair, so I'm like, they laughed at me after. I'm like, what is happening? Like, I was covered. And I, Come on, the gold. I was just thinking that because the gold and the glory, right? The gold and the glory and the, and the presence of God. The Lord wants us to abide in this glorious place with him where we lack nothing. Why? Because you have him. So it doesn't matter where you are on the planet. <laughs> Listen to me. It doesn't matter where you are on the planet. As long as you have Jesus... As long as you're abiding with him, as long as you're walking in the, in the abiding place with him, you're okay. As a matter of fact, you're better than okay. Because his presence is everything. And, and there's, there's these places that he wants us. He, he said in John 14, 23, anyone who loves me will keep my word and my father will love him and I will come to him and I will make my home in him. That's that abiding place. It's the same thing, same word for abide. It's the same word for mansion. It's the same word for dwelling place. It's all the same word in the Hebrew, in the Greek. It's an abiding place. And so I want to just look at the way because there is a way. And Jesus said that, but the gate is narrow. I'm reading from the Amplified. It's contracted by pressure. That's how it's, how it's written in the Amplified classic. And the way is straightened and compressed that leads to life. And few are those who find it. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. Listen, the Lord is trying to get us to understand that the place where God is calling you is going to compress you. It's going to pr bring pressure to you. How many of you like the pressure? I love it. Say it. I love the pressure. I love the, the pressing of God on my life. I love it. You have to love it. Because God is, listen, he is doing something. And sometimes the pressing is the suffering. Sometimes it looks like suffering, but it's the pressing. It's the place where he's pressing you, and he's making you, and he's molding you, and he's actually got you on the wheel, and you're being whirled around, and you're disoriented, and you don't know which way's up, and then he squishes you down, and then he, lets you, he begins to raise you up again and begins to form you into the vessel that he's called you to be. But most of us don't like that process. I'll say I don't, but now I just say, God, whatever you have to do. If I just want to yield, I just want to yield to the process of God. So when he does that, and the Holy Spirit is looking for those, remember, the Lord says, my eyes are looking to and fro throughout the earth, those who are, who are completely mine. They're loyal to me. They won't go away. And if I stop bringing the heat, 
I won't lose them. They won't curse me. They won't complain. Huh? They won't whine. Right? All of us have this tendency to kind of go into the whine mode when we're not getting what we want from heaven. Right? Come on, we're not seeing breakthrough in people's lives. We're not seeing things happen like we were expecting. And the Holy Spirit is calling us to that place where this transformational uh, crushing. Right? It's the crushing of the Lord that brings us into this place of exuberant joy. Because God wants to move us into this joyful state, right? So I'm just going to read a couple things because I, I, I really got stuck. Listen, Proverbs has a lot to say, but I'll just read. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Psalm 119.1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So if I'm listening and I'm walking in the Lord, God looks, listen, he looks at you and you're undefiled. Not because of what you're doing. Come on, stop. Stop thinking that way. It's because of who you are, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You're undefiled. You've been made clean. You've been made blameless. And so we want to live from that place because the Lord is looking for those who are just hungry to do his will. Right? And so, oh, I got to read these out of... I'm going to read them out of the Passion Translation because they're just really... uh... And it's Proverbs 8. Bear with me one second. Proverbs 8 and verse 1 said, Can't you hear the voice of wisdom? Now it's speaking. Actually, all of chapter 8 is about the spirit of wisdom, the voice of wisdom, which is Jesus. How many know that Proverbs chapter 8 is about Jesus? The spirit of wisdom. You okay? Everyone okay? Shake your head if you're falling asleep. I see the curtains drawn on a couple of you. Can't you hear the voice of wisdom from the top of the mountains of influence? Oh, good. It's going to mess with me. My phone doesn't like this building. There we go. Can't you hear the voice of wisdom? Can you hear the voice of wisdom? Look at your neighbor and say, yes, I can hear the voice of wisdom. I can. I can. I've got it. I, I know him. From the top of the mountains of influence, she speaks into the gateways of the glorious city, at the place where the pathways merge, at the entrance of every portal. She stands ready to impart understanding, shouting aloud to all who enter, preaching her sermon to those who will listen. Come on. It's good stuff. God wants to, and verse 8 says, All the declarations of my mouth can be trusted, speaking of wisdom, that they contain no twisted logic or perversion of truth. From all my words, says, All my words are clear and straightforward to everyone who possess spiritual understanding if, if you have an open mind and you will receive revelation knowledge. How many want revelation knowledge? How many know God does not speak in twisted, turning things? Sometimes he'll speak in riddles and enigmas, but that's for things for us to find out. But he doesn't speak contrary to himself. And so the voice of the Lord, listen, the way is, Jesus said the gate is narrow. The way is narrow. 
So we all, we think it's super wide and we can take all the options that we can to get to where God wants to bring us. But I believe this. I believe that when he says the gate is narrow and few go into it, that makes me concerned. <laughs> Come on, I'm looking at however many people in this room and I'm, I'm like, okay, who can enter the gate? Who's going to enter the gate? Does that make you feel like, wow, I can't measure up? No, that shouldn't make you feel like that. That should make you hungry to want to enter the gate. And so if we have this mindset that God's actually prodding us so that we will enter the gate, that we'll walk in that way, that we will not listen to twisted, we'll listen to the straightforward, we won't listen to twisted log logic. How many know that some of us can act out of twisted logic to make God, make the word of the Lord sound like what we want it to? Oh, I got three yeahs. How many know God speaks things, and the Lord's trying to speak clearly to us, but we try and put it in our paradigm and our timing? And so there's things that the Lord wants to do, and he wants us to look to him and be look, looking for the gate. See, all the, remember always that the small keys open big doors. And I believe that about the gate. Like the narrow gate opens into a wide place. And so if your life is like pointed towards the gate, we want to go in the wide place. Oh, don't, you don't have to be so crazy about that stuff. You don't, you don't, just simmer down. You know, there's, there's grace on that, and there is. But there's, you know, some of us think that sometimes that there's many ways to the one way. I'm learning that I live in cycles. I shared this the other night. I, I live in a cycle. Right? And you will continue to go back to that cycle until God brings you in the right way. And my, in my personal life right now, and, and my family, and this ministry, I, we don't have time for cycles, and I miss the merry-go-round, merry and I get off early. And I prematurely do things. Or, or I don't understand the workings of God, and I step outside of what God's doing. So God is doing things in cycles. Are you in the cycle? And do you want to do the cycle again? It's like the children of Israel, right? They had the 40-year thing. I don't want the 40 years. I'll take a 40-day fast. If it straightens me out, I'll take 40 days of fasting. Hello. How many want to do a 40-day fast? Damon does. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's something that the Lord wants to do in our understanding of the cycle of life. Ready? I don't have time to mess up the cycles. I don't have time to miss the place of the cycle. I don't have time to get off prematurely or get on prematurely or, or go, to, go to some place or even, I'm not even talking destination, just entering in to a certain mindset that God says, no, you're not ready. Hello. Okay, keep going down. I think there's another one in here. Yep. 36. It says, but those who stumble and miss me will be sorry they did. Whoops. For, for ignoring what I have to say, I will bring harm to your own way, to your own soul. Those who hate me simply are flirting with death. If you read it in the King James, I think it's like, I forget what it was. I can flip it back. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to a different one. Going to Proverbs 16. How many love Proverbs? Some people don't like Proverbs. 
I was told, I'm like, if Billy Graham read it every month for, the whole, for his whole life, I'm going to read it. Verse, uh, chapter 16 says, go ahead, make all the plans you want. But it's the Lord who will ultimately direct your steps. We are all in love with our own opinions. Oh, ouch. Say ouch. ouch. Say ouch. I was reading this. I'm like, oh, that's so mean. But it's true. We like our opinions, right? We like what we want. Turn to your neighbor say, you like what you want. Come on, tell them. You like what you want. We all do, right? So we are all in love with our own opinions, convinced that they're correct. Ooh. But the Lord is in the midst of us, testing, probing, and testing and probing our every motive. Before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. Then every plan you make will succeed. Ah, see? Feel the ah on that? Like if I just trust the Lord and I give him all my stuff and I allow him to direct my paths, then I'm good. Look at, say, Miles, it's simple. It's just talk to me. Miles, it's simple. It really is simple. If I just trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, and in every way in my life I acknowledge him, he will make straight my path. I'll get to where I need to go, and so will you. And so there's this way that's narrow. But it's really not narrow. It's a deception. You think it's narrow, and it's really not. I know Jesus said it's narrow, but as soon as you enter into the gate, there's so much big things behind it. It's the path. It's straight through. But there's this great, unbelievable, just all of heaven is waiting to unload on you. And so you just need to just trust him. Verse 7 says, when the Lord is pleased with, your, with the decision you've made, he, activate, he activates, turns to grace, turns grace Excuse me. He activates grace to turn enemies into friends. Isn't that good? If I'm just walking with him and I'm abiding with him, it doesn't matter who's mad at me, I'm going to have favor anyway. That's a good word right there. You should just take that and say, that's it. We can go now. Really. Verse 9, within your heart, you can make plans for the future, but the Lord chooses the steps. You take to get there. Just say, I receive it. I receive it. Verse 25, before every person, there is a path that seems right, seems the right one to take, but it leads straight to hell. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty radical, right? It leads straight to hell. There's a, there's a path that we think is right to take, but it leads straight to where? It's going to be hell if you go ahead of time. Remember, remember that first one. We're all in love with our own opinions. Be careful of your own opinion, okay? Submit your opinions to the Lord. Submit because really, really the, the reality is, is, and it says it twice in both, the, well, in Proverbs 14 and Proverbs 16, it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. That's what the scripture is. That's what they, should, they ended up interpreting as, or Dr. Simmons did, right? So the reality is I want to walk, and I want to follow the Lord, 
into the right path. So that way, I'm ready? It's about knowing his voice. Ready? I'm telling you, I am the way, Jesus said. I'm the way. You just need him. <laughs> I know this is basic stuff. I know it's kindergarten stuff. But you know what? The reality is all of us need the Lord. So the way is the gate. We're going to go through the gate. But the next thing was the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, here's the thing. He is the truth. He is the, the embodiment of truth. Remember that Jesus came to the earth, and this is why he was saying uh, to, to Philip, ready? How come you don't know me? How come you don't know that I'm the Father and the Father's in me? Because the Father and him were one. So the truth is that Jesus embodied all of who God was, and he was ultimately the truth, and he was leading them in the right way, right? And they knew this, but they still couldn't see the Father. So I'm thinking these guys, these at least three of them, <laughs> that's one-third to about a quarter of the group, right? They didn't really understand who Jesus was, even at the point of death. Because this is just before he's about to give his life on the cross. This is when, when P, he's telling Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to be the one to, to, deny, to deny me. I know you're going to be the one to try and cut the guy's ear off, but you're going to deny me. Oh, I, I just really feel like sometimes we, we get radically twisted into a knot. And I started thinking about the graciousness of God and the love of God and how we, we put our stuff on other people. And even in the political climate right now, you get so angry. I'm saying you. You get so angry at people's postures, at their tweets, at their, at their Instagrams. You, you get so angry at the media, oh, you get so angry at Nancy Pelosi. You get so angry at the Luciferian, you know. I'm just, I, I'm just going to say one thing. Be careful. Because what would Jesus do if he walked into the room on any of these people? I think, I think we think he's going to call down thunder. But I want to tell you, he walks in love always. And so I had to test my heart constantly with this stuff because I'm like, God, it's not righteous. And I, you know, I can spit and hiss about it. But I'm telling you, God is looking for us to walk in this place of love because ultimately love is the, is the thing that's going to bring truth into the light of the, and release truth into the light of the world and release it into the world so that we see things clearly and we abide in him in such a way. So I'm telling you, he says this, and the Holy Spirit, it says that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, right, when we're, in, when we're filled with, the, with all of who God is, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, then the truth is abiding in you, and then we're sanctified by the truth because he is the truth. I want you to just look at this quick, 1 Corinthians 13, because there's... Mm, Long, it, verse 4, it says, love suffers long and, and is kind. Love is, does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It doesn't puff itself up because, and it doesn't behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Selah. It thinks no evil. <laughs> that takes care of my hit list. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. 
It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. So let me tell you, every believer in this room, as we see Jesus and we know him, in an, he is the way and he is the truth. And the truth of Jesus is that he comes to us and he wants to reveal all of himself to us. And that is the love and the power that flows from the love. And I'm telling you, the most demonic person I'm telling him, remember, he went from, he went across, he made a, an intentional stop to go find one guy that was chained up with thousands of demons in him. Legions of demons. One person. He went one place to a guy that was waiting 38 years to get into a pool. He didn't go there to have a healing meeting and heal everyone else. He went there for one. And I just want to remind us that the Lord is looking for us to pour out love, even if it's on one, but we have a plethora of people that we really just get our, I was going to say something, <laughs> get our underwear in a bunch. That's what I was going to say. That get us really bent out of shape and get us all angry. And I'm telling you, the Lord is looking for the life of God to come up in the church and burn like the shining love that's inside of him. I'm telling you, he found you with burning eyes of love. I was satanically demonized also. <laughs> Hello. This is the guy with the mic. I was demonized, and he looked at me, and he said, I want you. And so we can't forget the grace of the Father because he wanted every one of you in this room, and he didn't care what you did. He didn't care what your past looked like. He didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't put some presupposition, said you had to follow these laws and, and you, this is the way you come to me. No, he said, just give your life to me. And then everything changed. And some of you have been graced to just come up in the church and, and, and you, you don't even realize the reality of the grace of God. You do. But there's something that, that has to be understood in our minds that the Lord's trying to reveal. The love of God just breaks and under, just kills everything because there's all that truth in his love. The truth of who he is pours out love on the entire planet. And then we have the word of God, which gives us the truth, right? The, the scriptures are given for inspiration, right? And they're profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction and in righteousness. In righteousness, right? So I need this word, right? I need his fire. I need the fire of his love to be on my life. But I also need his word to instruct me. Everyone say, I'm going to be instructed by the word. Listen, if, if we would just go and we would operate and we would live our lives out of this biblical mindset that the word dictates my life. Not a prophetic word, this word. I love prophecy. I love the prophetic. We grew up, this church is a prophetic church. The word of God dictates how I point my life, how I walk, how I live, how my, my lifestyle is, how, my, how I love one another, how I cultivate love in my house before I come out and be plastic in front of people. How I cultivate a life of God's godliness and not worrying about 
I want this now, so I'm going to act accordingly. It's the seed of desire that messes, messes us up. Because what we want, it's, it goes back to our opinion of ourselves that we think is correct. It's our opinions that we think are correct. But it's just an opinion, and everyone's got one. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. Sometimes we don't like the correction and instruction, but that's too bad. It's the life of a believer. You, you, you become instructed. That's the life of a son. I'm, inst- I'm, a, I'm reproved. God changes me because I'm corrected by him. Ready? Say, I love Jesus, and he loves you. He does love you. And as sons and daughters, he comes to bring correction so that we walk in truth. I'm the way. I'm the truth. How many times did the truth of what Jesus lived from mess you up? He would come into situations and shift the situation because truth showed up. How many know the the Pharisees didn't like the spirit of truth? (laughs) I'm telling you, religion hates real truth. Religion doesn't like real truth. And then it's the life, right? I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. He is the resurrection and he is the life. And, and, I, and I want us to just stop here for a minute because the God, it says in, actually, let's just back up in John for a second. Because way back at the beginning, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The, only, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him and cried out, this is he. And he who comes after me will be preferred before me, and he who was bef- for he was before me. And, the full, and, and of his fullness we have all received his, and we all have received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten of the Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. So it was Jesus that became the the life-giving spirit on earth, filled with all of who God was. He became God in flesh to reflect for us what someone filled with the Holy Spirit looks like. Completely, completely given over and yielded to the Spirit. Right? Because within Jesus, there was no sin. Right? He was the perfect, spotless lamb. And so life came to us through God living a perfect life. Oh, The life of Jesus Christ came to us because of his life. He is the bread of life. He is the resurrection and the life. And it is the spirit who gives life. And the flesh profits nothing. It's the Lord 
that, pro, that increases the life of God on you. It was the light of Jesus Christ that brought life to men. Are you with me? There, there's, a, there's something that the Lord wants to do inside of every one of you, and that's be, you becoming that life-giving spirit in the earth. When I said walking in love, just as much as you walk in love, you walk with the spirit of life. You walk with resurrection life. You walk, actually, you have the bread of life within you, and you can feed humanity from your life. Someone in this room is called to step into this place where our lives begin to reflect Jesus in such a way. Why? Because we went through the narrow gate. We found the way. We found the way. Everyone in this room has found the way. The question is, will you walk it out in fullness? Because in him is fullness and the fullness of life. And so the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth is bringing to everyone in this room today the spirit of life, and you open the door to that and allow it to come into your life in a new way, brand new. Listen, I know we, I know we go through this, and we read these scriptures, and they kind of bounce off of our eyes. But there's somewhere where the life of God is going to increase inside of you. Jesus said, I am the life. When he said, to, he said that to... Um, Martha and Mary, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. What happened? It brought the dead things back to life. And I'm saying to you this today, there's places in your life that have been dead, and God is calling them back to life. It's just like when I began uh, tonight's message, I feel like sometimes we drag ourselves into the presence of the Lord, literally. Like your prayer life, um, and, and God is, the Lord is full of life. The Lord is wanting to draw you into truth, and he's calling you into the way, and he's calling you with what? By the spirit of life. The life-giving spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is dwelling inside of you. The reality of that is yet to be emerging out of the true church. Come on, We have pockets of it, but the, the truth is God is trying to get us from our old life into the newness of life. So I just want you to pray with me tonight, right now, that the Spirit of God would just come in, and I do believe that even in the worship, I feel like something transpired tonight, that God wants to break, break us out of a dead religion. And you say, well, we come here, this isn't dead. No, it's not. But you can get in a dead mindset. I'm telling you, I have to fight a dead mindset every week. It's something that the, the enemy brings and tries to attack the entire church, your life. He tries to attack you with that to, to cause you to be despondent to the things of the Spirit. Oh, I'm after something tonight because I, I truly believe that the life, right? You can't leave here. Oh, you can. You can. But you have to give yourself permission. Or you have to not, you have to not, you have to step back from what God's doing in this moment and just leave in a, in a totally different mindset, right? 
because here's, here's what happens. Listen, I want to breathe life. I want to bring life. I want to bring life, life, life to you. And, and what I feel like is the waters of, of, of the glory in here every week or in your life. Let's just put it in your prayer closet. I'm just going to throw it in your prayer closet. As you, as you just meditate on his life, as you meditate that he is the truth and you want to be filled with all truth, as you meditate on the, on the reality that when, God, I open, you are the door. Because Jesus was the door. He said it. I'm the door. I'm the gate. I'm the sheep gate. I'm the one. I'm the gate. And we want to step into Jesus so that we can step out of our confusion, so that we step out of our apathy, so that we step out of those things that keep us contained and in bondage. Hello. I'm talking about bondage. I know people got free tonight, but I'm talking, I'm, I'm specifically, I know the Lord is, is still not finished with certain, certain aspects of people's hearts and lives because when you're in religious bondage, you just... You just don't care. And you may be godly and you may be walking around and you're all right. But there's this despondence because the Spirit of God can't come in and touch the things that you've been hiding from him for a long time. And so we need to get into that place, position ourselves and say, Lord, I completely yield myself. I completely yield myself so that you can come in. And the fullness of resurrection life can just begin to emerge in my life. And I know that the cross has already done it. Ready? But it constantly goes back to the yielding of myself. If I yield myself as I give myself over, I just want to say this because we took communion last week, right? I wish we could do it every week. That might not be a possibility. But I, I do believe we need to do it more and more as we gather because there's something to it that I partake of him. And when I physically partake of communion, something begins to activate in my life. This is what I was talking about last week. And the spirit of life, the life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ, you begin to partake of his body and the, something phenomenal begins to happen. That you begin to be transformed on the inside and, there's, and it's not transubstantiation. I don't think it's that, but it is something supernatural that happens. That we become, uh, have a mindset that I'm partaking with the Lord and this is what we should be doing every week. Whether it's physical communion or I'm talking about divine union again. Because it always comes back to, Jesus is saying, here's the invitation. You have, you have this open invitation to come into me, and I'm in the Father, and the Father's in the Spirit, and the Spirit's in the Father, and the Son's in the Father, and you're in all of us. Oh, you're in all, you're in all of who he is, if you choose to be. That means when I ask the Lord, God, will you just open this up to me? Would you help me to revelate? I know someone doesn't like that word. That's all right. I need to revelate. I need God to speak to me and speak well to me so I understand. And through his word, I begin to revelate and understand, wow, there's life in the word that I can't get. Because it's, it's, just, it's just pages in print if the spirit of God's not on it. Help me out, Tori.
I'm looking for a vibrant life. And I do believe that God's calling us to be a church that's filled, filled, filled with the life of heaven. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? It's funny because sometimes I'll, I'll speak. And anyone who's spoken up here before or any other place, you realize and you understand some things. There's dynamics. Sometimes we come in here, we have a service. It's, it, I'll just say it. It's okay. Sometimes we come in here and I'll, we'll have a good service. I'll hit a home run. But our whole life in Christ can't be based on performance. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm performing. Reality is God wants to come in like a freight train every week. More than we want him to. Really, I, I do believe that. I believe more than I want the life-giving spirit, the, the resurrection life spirit in this, in this place and, and flowing through every seed in this place. He wants it more than I do. That's what the crazy thing is. He wants it more than I do, CJ. I'm telling you that the Lord is looking for just an open place. He's open, looking for an open landing place. And I'm telling you, I know, I know. Listen. Holy Spirit's going to wreck New England. It's just going to happen. He's going to do it. And it's not going to be, <laughs> I truly believe that the body of Christ will bumble around and, and get it together. But he wants to do it more than we want it. And so I say this for you. Ready for our lives as individuals in this place. There's a door that's open for us to step into. And I believe that everything that hinders us, Jesus says, you're coming to a place where you're going to know me in a greater way. How, you know him, but how many in this room want to know him in a greater capacity? I'm, I'm the first one. I need him more. I need him more. I can't just go through a motion. And I need, I'm asking for all of us that he would just come. And, and I'm all about the events. We're going to have some people here. It's going to be awesome. But I started thinking, I started listening to like Past, Pastor John Kilpatrick. I, I started listening to Pastor Todd, Todd Smith, these guys that have been in revival for sustained times. I, I, I'm like, okay, there, there's something that they have that, God, we want. I want it. You think about this, the movements all over the earth. You think about Upper Room. You think about, you think about Kansas City prophets. You think about all those things. God's sustaining move of God is all over the earth and God wants to do that in a people here in New England. I believe the Northeast is to be a, a center for God erupting up and bursting forth. But it's going to take all of us. It can't just be me. It can't just be me. I know there's hungry people in here. I'm not saying there's not. 
But there's a gate that's open for us. There's a gate that's open for us, and there's truth for us to step into, and there's real, real life for us to step into. And I'm believing God's going to pour out the Spirit for healing and resurrections and, 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 and miracles and signs and wonders, and that's part of it. But I'm not going to be like the Israelites that are always looking for, for the sign and the wonder. That just goes along with me knowing Jesus. Ready? That goes along with you knowing Jesus, that God begins to move miraculously in your life and shifts situations that you think are unchangeable, but God will change them. Come on, stand. Let's stand. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We ask you, God, right now, Lord, I, I thank you that you are the way. You're, you're the way we're going. You're, you're pointing us in the right direction, God. I thank you for moving in this place tonight. I thank you, God. We, we thank you that you're not finished. You want to do more. And we just, we just cooperate with what you're doing. So we thank you that you are that place. You're, you're pointing us to the right direction. Lord, we enter into the gate. We, we want to be those that... that uh, that enter into that gate, the narrow gate. We don't want the wide gate. We want the narrow gate. And Lord, I just declare that the spirit of truth would rest on this place tonight. All of us, every one of us, that a fresh anointing of the spirit of truth would rest on this place. Lord, it would come into every household. It would come to every marriage. It would come to every person in this place. Lord, it would just become to begin to permeate. And Lord, we call those things forth that be not as though they were. Lord, we do act in faith. And I do believe, God, there's people in here that are believing for other people to to come to know you, God. We just stand in the place, Lord, asking you, God, that you just, Lord, would would bring bring the prodigals in, that you would bring those... those husbands and wives that don't know you in the fullness, God, we, we believe, God, you're going to do things that, that are beyond us. And we just stand in that place, Father, believing that you're doing those things. And so we thank you for the spirit of truth that's opening up over us, that we live from truth and we live from the life of God. And thank you, Father, for your life in this place. And, Lord, we declare over every sick body, God, every place where there's been sickness, disease, any place where there's been lifelessness, God, we call forth those things to life. We speak to every cell and every body in this place that there'll be healing and knees and limbs and shoulders and whatever else, Father, you want to do. We thank you. We speak to everybody's DNA right now. We thank you for the resurrection life.